We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Together forever, it's you and me, Bart. Together forever with you. I had a show, now this pod is my art. We'll be together forever, so true. Today's episode of the Bart Winkler Show features Evan Heffelfinger, Tim Shea, Voicemails and callers, and the man himself, Mr. 305, Bart Winkler. Hey, everybody. Clap for me. Hey, everybody. You can fast forward. Together forever, it's you and me, Bart. Together forever, it's true. I had a show, now this pod is my art. All right. I can't do uh I don't know what music I can use yet. Do you want me to sing a song for you? No. So I have this old Casio keyboard, and the default song is Rick Astley's Together Forever. Nice. This used to be at my grandparents' house. As I told you, my grandpa died before he found out that Favre sucked. So <laughs> I told Evan that the other day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that uh, that might be our intro music. All right, I'm Bart Winkler. That's Tim Shea, Evan Heffelfinger. This is our special uh, Brewers wrap-up show. The 2022 season, and I thought about writing everything down that happened you know, cause there's so much you forget. I think it was one of you that reminded me, Tim, I think it was you about Lorenzo Kane the other day. Forgot that happened this year. Yep. Obviously we start thinking about the trade right away. I think 2022 is going to be known for that two week period of time, but even leading up into that, the Brewers, I kept thinking we're going to go wire to wire in the central and they had a nice lead over the Cardinals. They got off to a good start. Cardinals were kind of, you know, we thought maybe their devil magic would come, but the Brewers, had this division wrapped up pretty well. There were some losses along the way and some struggles, and they did have three different road trips that had three cities that were like 10 games. Really? Yeah, they started talking about that a lot, and that was maybe red flag number one. 
Then the trade deadline comes, and you want them to get a bat. They don't get a bat. Not only do they not get a bat, they trade away Josh Hader. And if you want to go down the hole of this is when you had to trade him, this is the best you're going to get for him, there's also the hole of you never even had to trade him. You could have had him pitch for you next year. Did they think that he was losing a step? Maybe. But now what ended up happening was he blew a save against the Phillies before he traded him. That ended up being one of the games that cost you. So he hurt you. You traded him. He helped the Padres after he got better, and and he's gone. You don't get a bat in the deal. Ruiz, sure, maybe we'll see him, but they needed an impact bat for this year, so they don't get a bat. Then they don't even take enough away from the Padres where they can't get Juan Soto, and this is a team they're contending against. Then one of the guys they trade for, they just flat out cut right away. Then there's this mess with the three catchers. Then they get rid of one. Then the other guy gets hurt. And this whole time, Keston here is raking at AAA. Then he finally comes up, and they never use him. Meanwhile, you trade for other relievers who constantly blow saves right down to the final day of the season. And you trade $4.5 million for Trevor Rosenthal on a prospect, and you never once see him play. And these are just some of the things. These are before we get into the social media blunders. Can't hear you from three games back. This is before we get into the Rick Schlesinger. Here's a ticket. Here's $6 to buy half a brat. This is where we, at the end of the day, I think what happened with this team was everything that could have gone wrong ended up going wrong. I almost pity them in a way because no matter what they tried to do, even when they did try to do something, when they tried to make a move, when they tried to, and there could be rationale behind it from their perspective, but it never played. And I think the problem is, is that the fans who have enjoyed so much success lately, it didn't play for us either. And you're seeing, now this has been a playoff team for four of the last five years now, but you're seeing a level of apathy and a level of almost frustration that you have not seen with this fan base for a while. And I'll talk about that later because I think their whole philosophy is, is terrible. And then the other thing, if we look back and say, what is 2022 going to be remembered for? Quick aside, this was also the year I took my son to his first game, and it was like the best day of my life. Nice. But quick aside, this bites of the apple thing. If you're going to bite into the apple on cue, Evan, it's got to be louder. (laughs) You are like the quietest biter ever. Well, I'm not apples. He is, he is, Evan is putting his mouth up to the camera, biting an apple, and it's making no noise. Do you want me to eat mine? Yeah, See? Tim, give me a bite. Oh! <laughs> Tim, Tim knows how to work his way around fruit. <laughs> Come on. What? More, more practice with bananas, probably, but still. <laughs> Funny, well, uh, quick shout out to Evan who went to the game on Tuesday. Yep. And so, how many apples did you bring in? Uh, tell me about that night because you got a shout out from Armin, and then uh, Armin didn't realize it was you sitting right in front of him. Because not only did you have the apples, you had a Lorenzo Kane jersey, mm-hmm. C turned to P, Payne. Yeah, uh, we bought six apples, me and my buddy, and we ate all six apples. I was expecting it to be a problem. Like he snuck a couple in in his pants because he was worried that we weren't able to get him in. But 
I walked through security, they were like, yeah, just drop your food right here and you'll go through the metal detector. So that was great. Um, I didn't think I ever wanted to eat an apple again because eating three apples in three hours isn't great. But here we are. I went viral, kind of. Well, you went, you went Evan. I like, went, you went viral for a guy like you. That's, like you had like a hundred lights and twelve retweets. For me, that's. I mean, I do that. I, I don't remember tweets I do that has that kind of damage. If you want to get me to a thousand followers or verified or something, go ahead. I've been losing followers this week. What'd you do? I stuck up for the fan that ran on the field and got hit by Bobby Wagner. Everyone is filing a police report because he went on that field and got assaulted. I saw that. Yeah, I mean that 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 was that was assault. So Evan, uh, again, I used you on this the other day with with the Favre stuff. You being a little younger, you still know what bad Brewers teams are like. But here you've, you know, th- this is like where you are now, I think is where I was in maybe 2011, 2008, where the team I was in my, you know, early 20s and the team had been bad most of my life. You might at least have some memories of that, but there was a bigger gap between 11 and 18 than there probably should have been if you look back at it. Yeah, that's kind of like the forgotten era of Brewers baseball where that was kind of, you still had some of those holdovers like a Corey Hart or Ricky Weeks for a couple years. Braun was still there, but he had his legal issues, and Giovanni Gallardo was still kind of there. You retooled, built around Carlos Gomez and Jonathan Lucroy, which to this day just seems ridiculous. But it was a fun. You got to see a lot of weird brewers like Travis Ishik, Travis Jankowski, um, Kirk uh, Neuenheis. Ugh. That was kind of a fun era, but – Nothing really came of it. You didn't make the playoffs. You were okay. It was kind of boring. Now we're in what is, I mean, could you say it's the golden era of Brewers baseball? Even well, it is. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. There's not much else to compare it to. And you've got the playoffs the last four years and now a year where you don't. You still finish with a winning record. What is it, 85? 86. 86 and – Six. I mean that the pro like that's an okay record. You know, and years ago that would have been great, but I think what they've done, Tim, is they set a level of expectations. Like, they've set the bar. Okay. Absolutely. They've they've told us what the expectations are. They've told us they're gonna be a playoff contending team that will make moves at the deadline, expand their budget if they have to. They told us that, like all year, they acted as a team that wasn't serious about making the playoffs. And then they, then they did the complete opposite of it. They lied. What? Uh, go, go more into that. Lying? Hater, I I agree with you. Hater, they they just should have waited till this off season. That that that's going to always bother me about this season. They they trade away Hater. They get. Rogers, who, whatever, Lamette, who they got rid of them three days later to save money. Well, the thing about this whole, the the thing about this whole, go ahead. We paid Colorado. Yeah, we paid Colorado. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing about this is I think they know that they made a bad trade or that they did not 
get the best end of the deal in that trade that they had to do some justifying to their fan base, but also to themselves. And then when they tried to do that, Stern said some stuff, Mark said different stuff. So now we don't know who's on what side council. I don't know. I mean, he kind of, what is he supposed to do? He can just operate with the tools that are given. Uh, As we talked about with Paul yesterday, Tim, I think that the council gif of him going like that is, that's, that's the team's identity. If Yelich can't see that or not, that's the team's identity. This is a team that the the weight of the expectation maybe got to them. And then when they realized that they weren't good enough, and sometimes you realize you're not good enough by playing a lot of games and losing close. Sometimes you realize they're not good enough when your leading home run hitter in Adamas only hits home runs when you're down 4-0 in the ninth. Sometimes you realize when you're not good enough when your front office basically says you're not good enough. And as much as you want to, because there are those that want to justify the hater trade, and I do understand from the Brewers' philosophy what they were trying. I do understand how you can spin that, but the fact of the matter is, you traded a guy who was supposed to be this great piece of your bullpen. He had a rough June, which he did the year before, a rough July, and then the pieces that you got from him did not even come close to making up the sums of the whole. And you tried to justify that as they would, and then this Ruiz kid, we got to say about him for a night, and then that never happened. So. It just seemed like from every angle, the Brewers made mistakes. And I think ultimately why you saw this tweet here, uh, Andrew Wagner went ahead and put together the attendance. There was 18,000 on hand yesterday, Wednesday, baloney there was. Evan, you were there. What, they announced 19 on Tuesday and there were what? Two grand? And I don't think there was above 12. 12,000? Yeah. So I'll, more people did come, I guess. I'll tell you this. When I worked there, we would always get the actual number every night. And it was always, you had some cases here or there where they were pretty much spot on. But it was always six to 7,000 below what they announced. So, Well, sure, you count all the tickets, but you're also counting the tickets that you sold to BP. Correct. You fill up your gas tank eight times, mm-hmm. you get to sit in the 400s. Oh, right. great. What, what motivation? And then they're trying to figure out, why don't people like $6 tickets? Because I can sit in the fifth row for $8 if I go to StubHub. Yeah. Let me just – I'll get to the ticket thing in a minute because that's, that's a weird gripe that I have, but it's not because it's so stupid. The thing I was trying to say about uh, the attendance was their season attendance was $2.4 million. The year before COVID, the last non-COVID season, 2019 – was 2.9 2016 this was the lowest since when they drew 2.3 and 2016 was a bad team so what i want the brewers to understand here is that you will end up drawing as many fans being bad absolute 2016 was trash 2016 was the year i went on the radio and said this team's gonna suck really bad can we just skip the year and still 2.3 million people went 2022 the team was trying to be good then did everything bad alienated people along the way and just about the same amount of people went so my point is if you're worried about nights like this week if you're worried that people are not going to show up you're actually making it worse doing it the other way being level all the time and having the same feeling all the time does not do anything for people because eventually 
it just turns into numbness. They won 86 games, the Milwaukee Brewers did, and it's numbing. It doesn't matter. If this team was bad, if the team was bad, and they'd be bad by their definition if they went full-on rebuild or went, I'm sorry, went all-in, they're worried that if they ever go all-in, that means they're going to be bad. And if they're bad, no one's going to come. Well, they were bad. 2.3 million came. You're doing your bites of the apple thing. 2.4 million people came. The difference is negligible. Plus, add in all the merchandise that you can sell, all the memories, all the packages, all the stuff that comes with it. The the way they are doing their business of baseball is is short-sighted. It's, they think it's long-sighted. It's actually short-sighted. You need to build teams that can go all in. They may regress, but that's going to be part of what you're building if you're trying to be a ball club that makes money and wants to keep fans engaged. Because if I didn't take my kid to this game this year, I mean, I, I would not have had one good single moment with this team all season. That being said, I'm like sad it's over, even though I hate them. <laughs> I, I feel that. I, I was disappointed going to the game the other day because – yeah, this is my last time that I'm going to be at a game until April. And yeah, even though the team has been so aggravating and so annoying this year, more than any year that I can remember, where it's it was almost like the Bucks a couple of years ago, where we all knew what the mistakes that they were making were, but they just couldn't seem to fix it. And it's aggravating. You need them to desperately change, but they don't. But you still tune in every single night, no matter what. It's it's almost I don't want to say it's a toxic relationship, but it, it kind of is where they so desperately need the fans to come. But we're not going anywhere. No, exactly. if we're bad, if we're bad, we just showed if we're bad, we're not going to go anywhere. And I think being bad is not as bad as being apathetic. And I think a lot of Brewers fans right now are apathetic, like. The year will start next year, and they'll call up some guys, and we'll look at that, and we'll get excited. But the off-season buzz around them is going to be very, very low. You think? Oh yeah. gosh, they're they're gonna they're gonna promote a lot of guys on the AAA squad up here. They're not going to go after big names. They might go after. Well, then isn't that a rebuild though? So then why didn't they? Right. Right. That's what that's what some people call it. Uh, sorry, not they're not going to use rebuild. They're going to say retool. retool. But, like, Wong's going to be gone and McCutcheon's going to be gone and all these guys are going to be gone. I think Wong's coming back. I think no. they're making that option. He's going to St. Louis. For $10 million? He's, no. I don't no. Know. He's going back to St. Louis and he's going to have a career year. Ready for my hot take, though? Oh, boy. Corbin Bird gets traded this offseason. Well, did you see his face today? He looked like he – he looked, like, depressed. And you know what? I'm okay if he gets traded. We're not paying him. We're not going to give him the $30 million a year. Get some I would beg to get traded out of here. In this clubhouse? Build around Woody. Trade him, too. For what? So do you build around Freddie Peralta and Aaron Ashby? No. Build around Jackson Churio. Say, you're coming up, and you're going to be Shohei. You're also pitching. Oh, I'm sorry. You I'm... a full-blown rebuild for an 86-win team. I am not sold on on, on Ashby. No. He, what, no. What was his final record? Two and ten, two and eleven, with a four four ERA. I'm not either. I also think Hauser's cooked. Oh yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Narvaez is gone. Yeah. 
All right, so we'll look at some of the stuff where, that they can do. We'll continue to gripe about what they have done. We'll listen to some voicemails. We'll take some uh, some calls from the audience. We got a studio audience here for tonight's show, live at McGuire's Bar and Grill. Uh, and then also, we need to take a little time out right now because we need to tell you, Cone Roller has done a great job going through our picks, me and Horvat. Those picks coming up on Friday's show. Here's the cone roller, Chris Berman, fastest three minutes. From the Bart Winkler remote offices in Phoenix, Arizona, I'm cone roller with this week's week four NFL picks. Ryan, the hammer Horvat, takes this week going 11 and six against Bart's abysmal eight and nine. However, reporters operate in facts. So until this season is over, Bart is still alive. Doesn't make for a good hot take, I know, but facts are facts. We start with the first NFL game in London since the Queen died, and Kirk Cousins was grittying all over the Queen's grave. As royal tradition, the Saints were getting screwed by the Cousins, and Minnesota takes the win, and so does Horby. Both boys pick correctly in taking the Ravens plus three and a half over Josh Allen, who despite the rain, is still top eight quarterback in Ramen's eyes. To rainy Philadelphia, where the boys take on the Jags to cover the six and a half against my MVP, Jalen Hurts. They missed the eight-point spread by a near one-and-a-half. The ideal knuckled up, according to Urban Meyer. In only Joe Biden's America would the Falcons be 4-0 against the spread this year as they win against the Browns as one-and-a-half-point home dogs. The dogs were barking all over Home Depot this week. Bart's double cluck of the week pays off to get the edge over Horvath, who also had the Falcons. Bart's theory is correct again as the Titans win when the public is doubting them. He gets the advantage on Horvy, who had the Colts. Matt Ryan continues to look like Jim Irsay behind the wheel of his car after a night out. The, both, the boys both had the Jets as Kenny Pick, Pick, Pickett's turnovers killed the Pittsburgh's rally. Bart put his golden chicken cock on the triple cluck of the week for the Lions to cover 12 points. That's three L's for our boy Bart Winkler. Horvey had lines minus four, but gets a W by betting the over. The boys continue to agree on Giants, Cardinals, Chiefs, and Broncos, which makes for bad radio, but this is a fucking podcast now. Bart called the Broncos versus Raiders game the Rami Laffer of the week, and just like his shows, there was nothing funny about this game. Vegas takes care of it and secures their first W of the year. Horvath pulls away on the week by picking the Niners and Patriots 9.5 over Bart. Despite Horvath complaining about the wide receiver core, Romeo Dobbs was a key factor in this game. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy QB and refuse thy trust, or if thou wilt not be by sworn trust. Packers get the win, but don't cover the number. Horvath takes the week, the win this week and improves to 33-19 and 19 as Bart falls to 28-22. to 22. I'm Cone Roller, signing off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Bob Winkler Show, everybody. How are those cop sirens doing, Timmy? Just making sure I'm safe. Are you? I'm good. I don't like that you have a door that leads right to the street. I mean, it's fine. But none of the rest of your building does. No, that's why that's why I love this place. Don't have to go in and see anybody. How are you supposed to meet people in 2022? I don't want to meet people. If you avoid human contact. Why do you want to meet people? Great point. Tim Shea, Evan Heffelfinger, Brett and Toast is being added to our uh, quad box because this is this is just my brief back and forth with Brett and Tosa. Uh, I'd be talking about the Brewers, and by talking, I mean profusely shitting on. And then Brett would start tweeting me during the show, and then I think that I would like scream, like I just say, just call in Brett, just, just come on. And then so finally, I mean, you started calling in a little bit there at the. At the end. Hey, Brett, um, you can swear, by the way. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So you're, you've been like forever the optimist. That's how I'm going to paint you. You always believe in the team until there's no sense believing. I think today, even the last game of the season, you thought they still had a chance to make the playoffs because sometimes you're that delusional is how it comes across. But <laughs> even you felt some frustrations. Give me – from your view, Brett, give me the view that you have, what you'll remember about the 2022 campaign. Well, well, I will say, I mean, it, it was a disappointing year. And if everyone – the Brewers have a philosophy, right? And some people disagree with that. But me. when you don't make the playoffs and when you have the core that they have, that's a disappointment. And we can talk about World Series at the end of the day. That's the goal, right? But when you don't make the playoffs, that's a disappointment. And for me, it's set in on – on Saturday night when Devin Williams comes in and blows the game and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't their year, but um, you know, that to me, there's three, three big reasons why that happened. Um, Everyone may not agree with those, but um, yeah, it it was a frustrating year for sure. 
Well, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask what those three reasons were. Well, I'll, first, I mean, you gotta you gotta include Josh Hader. You can't. Or should I just ignore it? Should I just let him <laughs> throw that out there and say, "All right, Brett, see ya." Ask the same question that you just asked him the first time. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll just uh, what, what were those three things that that Breck I want to say? I don't know. Bart never asked him. All right, Brett, go ahead. Well, listen, I was the guy that I I thought at some point they didn't need to. You're right about that, Bart. But I thought at some some point they should trade Josh Hader because they weren't going to be able to sign him. But you you can't. I mean, it it backfired. The clubhouse was shocked for a week. Rodgers and Bush. I thought they'd be, they weren't going to be Josh Hader. I thought they'd be quality relief pitchers. They weren't, um, you know, I was, I was nervous about doing it in the middle of a season, but it, it didn't work. And I still believe it was the right move long-term. We'll see what Ruiz and Gasser provide, but wasting a year with, with Burns, Peralta and Woodruff, that that's something that I'm worried about. Even as the optimist that you want to call me, Bart, that's something that I worry about, that five years down the road, we're going to be like, all right, we wasted a year by trading Josh Hader, Josh Hader in the middle of the season. And even I, I understand, like, again, I can listen to the argument of why you might want to trade Josh Hader, why you get more value for him then than you might this offseason. I can hear all of that. I think what angered me so much in the moment, as we've talked about, is they, well, they trade him to the Padres, who were contending with, and they were still able to get Juan Soto and Josh Bell. So if I thought if Josh Hader was going to get dealt, a bat would come along with it, an impact bat right away, and that didn't happen. Completely agree. And I, I, if you trade Josh Hader, yeah, you can't tell your clubhouse you're going to get worse, and that's what happened. I, I thought they should have got a bat. Now all the all the big bats on the market performed awful. I mean, Ben Attendi and Bell both sucked the rest of the season. But you know, with that being said, the Brewers. We're, tw- we're two games under 500 from Memorial Day to the trade deadline. And from the trade deadline to the end of the season, they were two games under 500. So this team's been average since Memorial Day. I didn't, I didn't buy into that till Saturday. I was a, I was a late addition to the Dunn Club. Um, but the, the hater trade didn't change all that much, honestly. I, I, it's, it was, they've been a bad team since Memorial Day, an average baseball team since Memorial Day. And – I think there's two bigger reasons why this team missed the playoffs than that trade. All right, Brett, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And what would those reasons be? You keep setting, you keep, just go for it. Well, one, the pitching under We'll find out. You're like, Ty, you're like, these are are commercial breaks I should be taking. (laughs) And we'll find out right after this. the, The pitching underperformed. I mean, Woody was bad for the first two months of the season. Burns was bad for about six weeks and hater was bad for two months. And not only that, they lost about 30 to 35 starts from their main guys in the rotation. And when you're throwing out Jason Alexander and Chichi Gonzalez and guys like that, you're not, you're not going to be able to contend. And the last point, Brett, the biggest one. And the thing that I think could ruin this team for the next five years they can't, they can't afford to waste $26 million a year. We thought he was bad the last two years. This was the worst fucking year of his career. <laughs> you know what's funny? We have, we, we've been doing this for 25 minutes. The name Yelich hasn't come up yet. I want to give us a lot of props for that. Yeah. For not bringing up Yelich? Yeah, that's amazing. How that have we not good. said Yelich? 
Because maybe we're just used to him being a leadoff hitter and a two fifty hitter and I mean he's a he is a he is a twenty six million dollar and it's like go get your money, all that. But if you're gonna be a team that has a like exact payroll, it's not about how much you're making, it's about what percentage are you making? And he is sucking up the resources on a lot of these other guys. Now, will he ever turn it around? Will he? I don't even, I don't think that it, he's never going to perform like a $26 million player again. And if he does, there's going to be questions because we've seen him regress. And so, yeah, Brett, I, you know, I agree with all that. I don't know what you, I don't know what you do with them. And I, I mean, I, they, they're lacking that guy in the clubhouse ever since Braun left. I'm, I'm the biggest Ryan Braun fan. Um, but look, hindsight being 2020, DFA Lorenzo Cain, I think, was an awful move. I mean, what'd you do it for? You brought Jonathan Davis up for two months. And I get Lorenzo Cain was awful, but he was a leader. And some of those things that he said was a McKelvey or whoever, I, I, I think there's truth to it. And I, that's on Stern. I, I guess he Stern's works with counsel on that, but it's it's both of those guys for to not realize that you don't have someone that you can go to in the clubhouse because Yelly's not he's not a leader and that and that's fine. I don't think Braun was a leader back when Prince was around. I think once all those guys left, Braun grew into that role. At the end of his career, he was, but they don't. Woody maybe, but it's hard for a starting pitcher to be a, a guy because he's not playing every day. So what do you think, like? The, the way that they have approached this year, and a lot of the apathy, I think apathy is the word I'm using, where the attendance got bad at the end, and their attendance ended up being pretty similar to what it was in 16, when 16 they were absolute trash. And what I, what I think is a team like this should have done more to, you know, you say go all in. I still didn't want to trade all these pieces, but there's a budget that you can stretch, right? So then we go up to Mark Antonazio and talk about it. There's other things they could have done. They could have not traded Josh Hader. There's other things they could have done to help them compete more in 2022. And it seems like the moves they made went the opposite of that. Then just, you know, the peripheral stuff, everything they did, it just seemed like backfired on them, whatever ticket promotions are had. It just, there was just, there was a lot Social of media. Yeah. It just became uh, very like, I was insulted more often than not, like not that you were even taking me for granted because they should, because we're not going anywhere. They, sh- they should take us for granted, but don't insult us. You know, I just felt, I felt insulted. So they give you six whole dollars. What do you want? So what about, okay. A $6 take. I get, I get what Rick, again, I'm going to get in Rick's head. He's thinking, well, I'm going to give him a, it's a free ticket. And then they get $6 to go buy something. That's a brilliant move. If you're going to do that, don't do it with the worst tickets in the place. Do it with a $20 ticket. You're not selling those seats anyway. Plus, for 6 bucks, I can get in and sit way better. And then also, if you're going to give us $6, have things that are available for $6. Also, don't tease it for a week plus yes. beforehand saying, we have something big coming for you. Yeah, and the only reason they the only reason they lucked into finding it was their hundredth millionth fan is because they're like, well, shit, we suck. We better come up with something. And someone's like, oh, we're really close to a hundred thousand or a hundred million fans. And they're like, well, no, we're not. And then she goes, yeah, but count the pilots here. And they say, well, that's crazy. And then they say, well, whatever. Tim, I know you know that that's how it went down. 
I, I agree with you. And I, you know, I, that far, the, the stuff that's happened at the park and it's all the little stuff that just, listen, last night was my hundredth game that I went in the last two years. And it's the little stuff. Like it's going to the general lot right off of Blue Mound and there's car, there's 25 cars parked in line because they only have one person working or it's 75% of the concession stands closing in the, the seventh inning. And I, I try to put it in this perspective because all that stuff to me, and Tim probably can talk better on this than anyone, but to me, all that stuff happened after COVID. And there were other, there's other franchises around the league that when COVID happened, they cut payroll. Whereas the Brewers, their payroll has went up, but it feels like everything on the operations side, social media, ballpark, everything was cut. Now, as a fan, and I, I don't know if that included Tim, unfortunately, but as a fan, I'd rather have the payroll not be cut than the workers. But I'll say this, you notice it at the ballpark, and you definitely notice it on social media. Um, I know you guys are all about, let's get Bart in for Rick Schlesinger. Let's get Bart Winkler in to take care of the Twitter account because that's embarrassing. And everyone on social media is huge now, and that Twitter account is awful. Well, no social media. I mean, if I was the Twitter account for the Brewers, by like the third night in, I'd be like, hey, White Sox, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, over under a week before you get fired for saying some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be, yeah. Some kid would be like, I went to the first Brewers game at, at me, Brewers. I'd be like, your sign blows, kid. <laughs> we beat the shit out of you. Get fucked. <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. So optimism for 2023 Ooh, at all, Brett? I mean, yeah, I mean. I don't personally, what I think may happen is they're going to sign Burns or Woodruff and they're going to trade the other one. So I don't know if a lot of the fan base is going to like that, but um, you probably get three top 100 prospects and hopefully you can stay good for another five years. Keep biting that apple, right? Half a finger. And I want to reiterate to the brewers, we are not going anywhere. Like we, we, well, uh, it, is that not, true, Bart? Because that, that's my worry, honestly. Like, I've been really turned off the past two months with people not coming to the stadium. And I know they still average like 30,000, which is like 14th in the league. Like, you're right. The Brewers always have good attendance. But I really remember Brewers baseball since like the Richie Saxon era. And maybe it's just because now I'm more active on social media and calling it on the radio, but I don't ever remember this much negativity over at Brewers. Well, they got it. They, they do have to get people to the park. When I say we're not going anywhere, none of these games to me mattered this last month yet. I'm watching every game. And when I go on Twitter, when something happens, I guess so is everybody else. So people were still there, but not going as much to the ballpark. They're so negative about this team yet. Most of us were still following along, uh, you know, as, as much as we normally would, even though we knew, what the outcome would be, but yeah, they do have to worry about that attendance thing. I think a lot of the points that you made are very good. And uh, I just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks that we're here doing this. This should be our playoff preview show. I do want to touch on one thing because I feel like I'm, this is where the disagreement part's going to come from you three. And, you know, it's, it's the organizational philosophy, right? And I think I think all four of us agree that baseball playoffs are just a flip of a coin. And the best team usually doesn't win. I mean, the Dodgers and the Astros, and I'll throw the Braves into that, 
they're the three by far the best teams in the league, in my opinion. Maybe the Mets, sure. But I don't know if that team's winning the championship. And Whoever's the Brewers were innings away from a World Series appearance in, in 18. And who were their two best pitchers? Julius Chassin and Wade Miley. Like, anything can happen when you get in October. So, for me, I'm not going to use the phrase because it, it's like a everyone just loses their mind when they say Bites it. of the Apple is going to stick with this team in a way that they wish Claws up would have. <laughs> and I think it's the right approach. I really do. Um, now, in 2011, when you knew Prince was walking out of the door and you knew that core was going to be blown up, then you can't use the bite out of the apple phrase. You can't say we're going to keep going to the playoffs because you're not you're not going to be able to. So if if they get to the point where Burns and Woodruff have a year left on their deal and they're like, all right, now we've got impactful players leaving, you got to go all in. Isn't that what's kind of going to happen this year, minus the pitching, take the pitching out of it, that they're going to lose about 50% of this roster? Who, but who, who are they losing that's like a core main piece? I mean – they're, they really don't have a core main piece on the offensive side. Colton Long, Omar Narvaez, Hunter Renfro, maybe. I mean, those are guys that just. Yeah, just look at the roster. This team sucks. What, what were we thinking? Yeah, offensively, you're right. They don't have it. I mean, Yelich and Renfro will be back, but Adamas, I guess he'll be back. Yeah. When you go into a season, you're like, well, if we can get career years out of Hunter Renfro and Luis Urias, you might as well just quit. Like Luis Urias, who? What do they do with him next year? Keston Hero, what? What are they going to do with him? Like to, to me, Urias was the most disappointing player in the roster. He, he had a nice year last year. I thought he was going to break out, and he was garbage for the. He actually played pretty well the last six weeks. I think he hit over three hundred. But he's got a fifteen game history. Yeah, he he's playing. So it makes it hard. I mean, do you give him a starting job again, even though he sucked for four and a half months? Now that he played well at the end of the year, I don't know. Well, Brett, I want to thank you for hopping on. Uh, I'm kind of mad at you because, um, you know, I got Tim and Evan here who I thought were radio professionals, but you jumped on and just proved that literally anyone can do this. So, so are we, you actually think we should fire Craig council? You actually believe that? No, next year. No. Well, well I said, they, I said, I said on the Wednesday show, they should have. I know. I'm worried about the vibe with council. I'm worried that this year was our 2014 Seattle this, this whole year. I hope not. I, to now, me, if you I, take a lot of those guys out of the equation, like if they come back with without McCutcheon, without Wong, without some of these, and Council starts anew with like, you almost have to infuse the team with the Freelix and the Mitchells. And oh, okay, you're eliminated, then you bat Mitchell sixth? Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. 2023 championship season. Craig oh. Hey, I, I'll tell you this. Hey, that was an insult to Tim and Evan. That was a compliment to you. You did a good job. I'm actually I'm actually nervous for the next two days, and I'm a huge Craig Council supporter, but there's been so negative. And I know that Stearns isn't making a decision based off of negativity of the fan base, but I'm guessing the press conference, the end of the year, whatever you call it, will be Friday. That's I'm going to lose my mind if Craig Council gets fired. That's not going to be a Stearns decision. I think that's going to be Mark's. Which makes sense. I think, and I think Mark might be a little more frustrated than we think. So, I will. Well, lose if my they mind. fire council, that gives me an excuse to do my first emergency pod. 
Who, and then I can get those download see? numbers up. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, Evan. Who, if you fight Craig Council, like when when Joe Madden got let go or whatever happened in Tampa, mm-hmm. the Cubs fired their manager to hire Joe Madden. There'll be multiple teams trying to do that with Craig Council if the Brewers let him oh, go. Yeah. And yeah, who do you get? Are we going to hire Pat Murphy? Like, well, he's part of the vibe. He got to get go. He got to go too. It's John like, Gruden. Tony LaRusso is a free agent. We John Gruden. <laughs> John Gruden does make more sense. As the Brewers manager than the Badgers coach, though, you knucklehead. <laughs> that I would agree with. Yeah. that that. Uh, all right, Brett, don't be a stranger. Thanks for coming on. Keep biting the apple. All right. Thanks, guys. 175 days to opening day. Oh, my God. Brett and Tosa joining our stream, and we appreciate that. Uh, you guys have anything to follow up on that before I get to some voicemails? Yes. I – I agree fundamentally with the idea of biting the apple because in theory, you do want your fans to know that you're going to have a chance to go to the playoffs or make it. We are, I tape every show on video. I don't put them all on YouTube. This one probably won't go on YouTube. Okay. But Evan's been eating like your third apple. I'm sick to my stomach, but I commit to the bit. Yeah. I know this is my last one, so. Okay. I mean, apples are good. Apples are good. Yeah, I've eaten seven of them in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Um, but I understand taking bites of the apple because if you're competitive, you want your fans to know that you're competitive and that they're going to have a chance, like Brett said, to make a miracle run. Like, look at the Nationals from a couple of years ago. Nobody expected that team to win. The Marlins, both of their World Series teams, nobody expected them to win. So I get the idea of being there in the postseason hunt and taking bites of the apple, but using that as your excuse when you trade uh, Josh Hader and then release one of the key parts of that trade two days later, that's where it becomes a problem. When you're using that as like a blanket excuse, that's when biting the apple is a problem. But fundamentally, I don't mind biting, biting the apple as it regurgitates up my throat. No. Yeah. How no. great will it be? Evan's talking about man, he's going to be choking on an apple. Well, what was he doing? He was talking about the brewers biting the apple. So then, Tim, don't you think – because some of the stuff we've talked about here, I mean, we've mentioned the players, but what do we, what do we keep talking about? The ticket thing. The concessions, the stuff that David Stern said, the stuff that Christian Yelich said, the stuff that Devin Williams said. It's a lot of the off the field stuff that I think ended up creating this negativity towards the team. The team itself was very competitive. They were in a lot of games. If this was a team that we did not expect to be good at 86 and 76, this would have been an all time year. The way they were playing games every night, it was something. But it just it, so it almost seems like it's all the off the field stuff and the tone and the vibe. It's whatever was going on in that clubhouse. It did like disperse itself to the rest of the like you went into the stadium to watch a game. You came out with the virus. <laughs> Jeez, I, I listen. I, I I get the bites of the apple, but I don't like it. You, you were three or four games up when that trade happened. In the division alone, let alone. Not just 
competing for a wild card at the time. The timing of the trade was terrible. You it either was, do that in the offseason or you don't do it. So by the time you do that, and then you get rid of and then two days later you get rid of one of the main pieces in that trade that you said that could be on the team for a while. You but you already him. like then you said some stuff about how we had to balance the Padres. And then you got yeah, rid of that guy. You helped them in a oh. trade where they got the best reliever of the team. And he was a guy I was kind of excited the most about. So you do that. Fans are pissed. You you have that bite of the apple phrase that happens a couple days later. It's never going to go away. You just Evan no. bringing apples to the ballpark. That that's going to continue forever. And you just and they, I they, they, they your apples. your fan base and and they were done. They were looking for things to complain about. They went on a losing streak. Then they were then the Cardinals took us took over and they they played out of their minds. And by the time you know it, here comes September and it's pretty much over. And... All right, let me get to some voicemails. Uh, by not... the way, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Share. I'm very happy with the first three weeks of this, I must say. So thank you to you guys. Thank you to everybody listening. But you have to keep listening. It's not like the radio. If you don't listen, I still can show up and get paid. If you like the show, this needs to show. Needs oh, to and then they debuted a new logo and people went and bought it in the millions. Love to know. how. Yeah, that was the one good thing they did. And then I ripped it off for my podcast uh, logo font. Yes, yes. <laughs> But I also want to thank I also want to thank those that are jumping on this podcast, including new sponsor announcement, Happy Place Hemp. Oh, yeah, I went and saw Chris and Rob yesterday. They're on uh, well, they're like on college right across from Maddie's. So everyone knows where Maddie's is in New Berlin. I'm playing there uh, the 15th of what October? Yeah. Oh yeah, your band thing. Yeah. Make sure you go across the street. Go across the street. Get some CBDs at Happy Place Hemp. Very good. Very good stuff. So I told Tim about this. Tim, I guess. Okay. So Tim, what did you? What were you? The the Delta Eight. No, the Delta Eight, Evan. Okay. Um. Well, let me tell you about the Delta Nine, which Tim said yeah. would just knock him out. The Delta 9 has less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC, mm -hmm. but that is legal here. So you don't need to drive down to Illinois to go find Horvat's guy. A lot of gas. <laughs> yeah, you can get, because I, I, when I was there the last time at Happy Place Hemp, some guy came in and it was, he was like, hey, you got the, uh, you got the Delta 8. Like I saw it and they're like, yeah, no, it's, it's completely legal. We can actually ship it to your house and, and all that's great. The guy's acting like it's like, hey, you got that. Uh... So some of the stuff does have that. But the, the gummies that I've been taking is their uh, the nighttime ones. CBN. Yeah, CBD right. and CBN. Yeah. And so because I have problems sleeping. Okay. And so they've been uh, doing a good job to knock me out. So, nice. you know, I mean, like if you take it, you're not just gonna be like, <sniffs> but it, it to me, it works. I can only tell you about me, but to me, it works. So, they're, I'm gonna, this is great. They're on board. Happyplacehemp.com is where you can go. Check this out, boys. Mm -hmm. If you go to happyplacehemp.com mm -hmm. 
or if you go to Happy Place Hemp store mm -hmm. and you put in the promo code or say Bart, they will give you 25% off your order. Wow. I'm in. I'm going there. And not, I'm going not, not your first order. Every order. Your second order. Your third order. Your fourth order. Your fifth order. What's after five? Six. I don't know. Your sixth order. Your seventh. Your delta eighth order. Okay? All right. So I always try to hook people up. I tell you that. Happyplacehemp.com. Promo code BART. And say hi if you stop in. We'll do it. Tell them Tim Shea sent you. <laughs> so, no, but those guys are awesome. Huge fans of, like, the show and huge fans of sports. Do they have any apple-flavored uh, CBD? I think I have. <laughs> you know what? That's funny. Yeah. Sour green apple I have here. Yes. Nice. So take your bites of the apple. And it'll help you fall asleep. <laughs> That's the bite of the apple you should be taking. No, they're, uh, Chris, when I was there, he's buying these. He's like, I love Packer clothes, and so I bought these Packer shoes for like 100 bucks. I go, what are you? Hi. <laughs> All right, happyplacehemp.com. All right, here's some uh, voicemails. Just a couple of them. This is from John and Franklin. Ooh, John. You know he's got something to say. Uh-huh. Hey, this is John and Franklin. I have a comment about the Brewers. As a person who has invested and spent many a day at the ballpark and tens of thousands of dollars over my lifetime, I want one thing this season. I want an explanation from Stearns or Ananasio as to why they decided to pull the ripcord on a first-place team. And this isn't an overreaction. I swear to God, I am so done with this baseball team right now, and I know it'll replenish in the spring, and I'll be excited again. But I'm angry. I'm mad. And I think at the very least, they need to put the cards on the table and explain the moves they made and not the half-ass bullcrap they gave us at the time and the stall picks and the usual wait for the news cycle to turn over. I want an answer. I want an answer why they couldn't bring in one bat. We played all these bad teams that we struggled to beat and were in one or two run games or lost to. And there were people on the other side, bats on the other side, left-handed or, or bats that could hit left-handed pitching on the other side that would have looked really good in some sort of rotation in council's repertoire. He's the perfect manager to just give some a piece to. He'll find a way to use it. But he was never given that opportunity. I feel like this team was abandoned, and they were in first place at the time. I want an explanation and an honest one. And if I don't get one, I'm going to be rethinking my fandom as, as a Milwaukee Brewers fan. All right, so John and Franklin just wants answers. I don't think you're going to get an answer. I think you'll get that same well, I think answer. that's a very, very fair request. 
I think you're going to get it the same answer that you got when the trades were made and when they when that team came home and you had Mark saying one thing and David saying another. I wish we could talk. I wish Mark would go to the fi- end of the year press conference. He never does. It's so just what is that going to be? Are we going to assume that that's Friday? I I believe so. Yeah. Because I don't want it to be Thursday. Because I want this podcast to have its day. No, they, they, right. they usually give them like you know the coaches a chance to talk and you know so Friday I would assume I would assume you're gonna get a Stearns master class of just saying buzzwords we tried we did what we thought was right we took and I know Adam you've said it bites of the apple but we're a team that just has to what's that one second Mark Mark and oh I'm sorry I'm getting a call from the Mets uh, they'll still give me a ring if I join today. Peace, suckers. <laughs> Is he gone? You yeah. Think? I mean, he he can't technically. Is there so? Do we? Is that like? Because I can I can look at like Colton Wong's not coming back on Evans ten million dollars. Um, who else? Taylor Rogers ain't coming back. Omar Hutchins not coming back. Omar they might have to trade Burns, uh, Burns or Woody. Omar's not coming back. That's five million. So, but so we can go through the players, but Council and and Stearns are they both going to be here? Yes, I think the answer is yes. Yes, they both are. I don't think Stearns is. Mark's not going to let Stearns go, but I think his contract might be up. We're not. We don't know. One more year. Do you know? Is that a fact? Yes. I've, and and it wasn't that a fact. It, wasn't it out? Wasn't it in his contract that he could leave if he took the team to the World Series? That I believe is well, true. that was reported. See, all this stuff's been reported. I was there when the guy was asking Mark, like, what the deal is, and Mark, like, squirmishly avoided it. it under wraps. What they've done very good at keeping it under wraps, like the actual terms and how yeah. many years and all that. I have no clue, but I think he's in New York right now. Yeah, well, we'll see. All right, uh, another one here. From Spark Guy. Nice. And I, I should say, 402-915-BART is when you can leave your messages. BART-2278. Or if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, you don't have to use the 402. I think you could just, yeah, yeah. Bart, it's Spark Guy. What's up? Wanted to talk to you about the Brewers. First off, enjoying the pods as always, but wanted to talk to you about the Brewers. Um, first off, to uh, kind of paint out a scenario that I it's going to happen and then ask you a question. Um, the first part of the scenario is 2022. Um, as a baseball fan in Milwaukee, very concerned about the uh, Brewers lease ending in 2030. Um, at least eight years left. They're not going to start renegotiating that lease, which obviously it sounds like they want hundreds of millions of dollars of improvements or renovations. That renovation might even start next year, or that negotiation, that is, may start next year. We're looking forward to several years of of, uh, bad negotiations, and I think either way, no matter who's elected governor, we're going to kind of have a broken state government, and it's going to be miserable having to worry about baseball in Wisconsin. I really think that's coming sooner (laughs) rather than later. Dovetailing that, um, I had a question for you. It was it was right away. Every single, a lot of Brewer fans 
one of the first instincts they had after being eliminated from the playoffs was to defend ownership from the charge that it was cheap. Um, where does that come from, do you think? Is that defensive because uh, it's just a disappointing you know, end of the season or a disappointing run of seasons? Is it somehow you know people kind of take pride in that around here, like getting a good bargain? I just don't understand and would love to hear your insights as to why um, that was the first instinct of a lot of major brewer accounts as well to immediately go to the mats for Mark and Nazio. The guy is so cheap. And like I said, dovetailing what I just said earlier about the lease, the Brewers are the main asset he owns. I believe that that's like the predominant thing. I'm also worried about the moving aspect as well. So why defend Mark? And will it actually, the moving trucks, be moving up to Milwaukee and these people will still defend them? But I think that's my main question for you is, why do Brewer fans want to defend this or defend them from not being cheap? Take care, buddy. All right, well, that's an easy, that, that second one's easy. Poor people, everyone that's not rich, defend the rich because we think someday we will be rich. And so the rich have poor people attack other pores and the rich actually get richer. It's a very messed up system. It's good in theory. It's good in theory. It's not, it's not working. Um, The other thing is I am already resigned to the fact that Selig sold my theory the other day that I posted was that Mark Atanasio was not around much when his kids were growing up. Now, I don't know this to be true. This is a theory. I don't know. I don't know. This is not fact. I'm not a reporter. I'm not based in it. I think that my guess is, because Mark was making so much money, dude. He was doing this. He was doing that. When you're making that much money, you're working hard, aren't you? So where's daddy? Why, why isn't daddy home this year? Where, where was that? I thought daddy was going to be home. I thought daddy was going to be home. And Mark's like, God, I, I know, honey. I, I've, look what I've provided for these kids. And, and she says to him, but Mark, you didn't provide your time. And so Mark's like, well, how am I going to make up all this lost time? And then he remembered about his own dad and how baseball brought them together. And he said, maybe I'll get season tickets to the Yankees. And he said, you know what? If I'm going to spend that much money seeing things to the Yankees, I'm going to buy the Brewers and then gift them to my kids in the future. So the answer to Spark Guy's question is, where will the Brewers be in 2030? Wherever their kids want them to be. Oh, Bart. Really? Hey, you're talking to the guy that put the parade chairs out, drank, O2. You're talking to the guy who was telling you COVID was going to stop sports in on Valentine's Day. Mike Wicked asked me, February 15th, 2022, what will stop the Bucks from winning a title? I said, Mike, this is going to sound weird, but this coronavirus thing. So if I have a theory about Mark Antonazio's fatherhood, I'd listen. Okay. I'll check Evan, back with you. Uh, Evan, you know that commercial where, like, the chick is, like, so high she can't move? And she, like, becomes flat and she's into the couch? Yeah. I Did you already use promo code BART over there? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... That is such a wild scenario. I can't even guess and off of it. I just like, that is, 
They're not moving the team. No, they're not. Hey, <laughs> but when, when they do. Could you imagine the uprising if that happens? Oh, my God. That might be the last day of my life. Here comes the Mayflower. Oh, there it goes. Right outside my apartment. <laughs> All right. I got one more. Move the team. Hey, Bart. It's Sarah Tainai. Long-time listener. Super happy you have this podcast going. It's awesome. Um, I just listened this morning, and I heard you're doing the Brewers one today, and I'm really hoping that you will include a Brewers blame game song for their demise for this season. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, keep listening. Thanks. Bye. That's our officially our first female. On, oh, no, Pam. Pam called the other day. I don't have blame game, Sarah. But I do have together forever. The Brewers suck and it's Schinger's fault. He took advantage of you. The team was no good and they told you they were. And then they traded Josh Hader. At the break, I should have just run with Hader. Evan Heffelfinger's gonna be the first man to die of apple poisoning. Not because the apple is bad, but because there's never been fruit in his body. <laughs> Tim Shea would get hired back from the Brewers, but he shits on them all the time on my show. And I'll probably never get another job in media, because I was ditched to Tom Hodricourt. <laughs> And Rob Domofsky and... And Matt Schneidman and Jordan Schultz and half of the game. I'm sorry I hurt you. It's all for fun. It's okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I'd like to thank Brett and Tosa for joining us today. Yay! I'd like to thank Tim Shane Evel Heffelberger. Evan Apple Eater. I'd like to thank our voicemails. I'd like to thank everybody using promo code BART at happyplacehemp.com. And I'd like to thank you for downloading us on Apple and Spotify, because that counts twice. Or wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great to be back in this weird podcast form. Fuck the Brewers. So can I ask one question before we go? Or oh, that was a great sign-out, Tim. We're going to sign off on fuck the Brewers. You still can, depending on the question. You can cut it. Oh, yeah. Good point. What? So what are your early predictions for 2023? Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.